This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brott. Hey there and welcome to today's Positive Parenting Show. I'm Armin Brott. We all want our kids to be successful in life, don't we? But have you ever thought about why that is? One answer might be, so they'll do well in school. But then let's push on that one. Why do we want them to do well in school? So that they can go to a good college. Well, why? So they can get a good job. But why? So they can have money and own nice things and have a comfortable home. But let's again ask, why is that? Finally comes down to this. So they'll be happy. True success produces happiness. There are a lot of people out there who appear to be successful and they've earned degrees and they make a ton of money or they get all sorts of fame or they're in powerful positions. But you got to ask yourself, are they happy? If the answer is no, then they don't have true success, at least the definition of true success that I'm using. Success can come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and it's not a matter of dumb luck. If you talk to parents of successful kids, you'll find that deep down they all have some things in common. And one of those commonalities is what we're going to be focusing on in this part of today's show, and that is letting the children fail. Not encouraging them to fail, but just letting them fall down. And like the old song goes, pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and start all over again. Now, of course, we're not just throwing them to the wolves. We'll be there. And we'll start talking about safety net parenting as soon as we get back. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this. From the MrDad.com radio network. Hands can do incredible things. This is the sound of 326 hands playing Mozart. This is the sound of 10,942 hands showing appreciation. 64 hands building a house for the homeless. 142 hands swimming a triathlon. 18 hands winning the big game. And this is the sound of two hands helping to save a life. It's called hands-only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. It's incredibly easy and effective. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and my guest for this part of today's show is Leon Scott Baxter, who's the author of Secrets of Safety Net Parenting, Raising Happy and Successful Children, the Common Denominator. Leon, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Armin. I appreciate being on your show again. It's been, a, been quite some time since the last time we talked. It has been a long time. Now, give us uh, the 10,000-foot the overview of safety net parenting, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it. Well, safety net parenting is is a, a term that I've coined. You know, we've heard of um, uh, helicoptering and tiger tiger moms and, and snow plowing. Well, safety netting uh, takes a lot of different components, but I chose the term safety netting because one of the major components of safety net parents is that we prepare our children for, for let's talk about life as a, a tightrope walk, and we want them to be balanced, and we want them um, to have their footing, and we want them to find rhythm. So we prepare them for that, and we send them up the ladder of life, and then we let them, we let them start 
to implement what we've taught them. And so, and we, they may make a misstep, and they may make a, a mistake. And if they fall, we actually let them experience the discomfort of falling. But the safety net part comes in is, is because we don't, we don't let them crash. We're there to catch them at the bottom. Once we catch them, we dust them off. We talk about the missteps, how to rectify that, and we send them back up the ladder again. Okay, that seems pretty straightforward then. So that's that pretty much, uh, we've been talking about that kind of thing quite a bit on the show, about the, the importance of skin knees and the importance of, of making mistakes and learning that you can overcome mistakes. But, right, right. Yeah. And, there's, and, there's so, you know, and there's so many, um, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher also, and I've seen so many parents who, who don't want to allow their children discomfort. Um, and they, they, they want to make sure that they're there to protect them the entire way. And, and of course, we want to protect our kids. That's, that's, that's instinctual. We want to make sure that um, they're, they're safe, but we also need to prepare them for life. Um, the interesting thing about Secrets of Safety Net Parenting is um, the idea behind the book itself was initially about raising successful children. And um, so I started doing some research, and, and, and I realized, I was thinking, well, success seems, so, seems kind of superficial. You know, why do we want our children to be successful? Why do we want them to do well in school? Well, because we want them to go to a good college. But why? So they can get a good career. So they can make a lot of money. So they can, but, but why? You know, why do we want them to be able to have a nice house and be able to care for their families? Because we initially, when it comes down to it, we want our children to be happy. And so um, happiness was a, was a big part of this, raising happy and successful children. There's a lot of uh, people, adults, children also, but adults who are who seem to be successful, but they're not necessarily happy. And um, so I wanted to make sure that we we talked about happiness because I can't I don't see the definition of success at least from the parents' point of view success for our children without the uh, degree of happiness in there. And that would be happiness on the child's part, I guess, and parents as well. Yeah, especially for the parents. I mean, because. I mean, especially from sorry for the um, for the children the because we, when we say if we see if we, if our child wants to be uh, a musician, and we tiger parent that that child and say no you need to be be a doctor, and that child makes a lot of money and is a successful doctor and owns a great house, but has this passion that's never been fulfilled, never been able to experience the music part. There's, you know, they're they're satisfied to some degree, but are they are they happy? I don't know. That's that's kind of what we, we look at in Secrets of Safety Net Parenting. The, the the parents that I interviewed for this, they allow their children to to um, explore their passions, and that's kind of where the happiness part starts is finding your child's passion, and once your child once your child you can identify their passion, you give them the opportunities to explore that, and and it goes from there. Well, let's talk about that. How do you begin to deal with a child or, or, you know, steer them in the direction of finding their passions? Because there's going to be a little bit. I mean, certainly you could step back and just let them find their own, but they probably need a little bit of guidance and, if yeah, they don't, yeah. you know, and a little bit of support or a lot of support along the way to actually develop those passions. And it really depends on, on the age also uh, of, the children, of the child. The, um, the interesting thing is now that there's so many screens involved world the kids are you know on their ipads and their iphones and and uh, computers um a lot of kids they, they they feel their passion is is doing something playing with apps or playing games 
Um, but when when you're driving your kid to soccer practice or you're sitting down at the dinner table or you're listening to what their teacher says or their friends say about them, very often what they're talking about is their passions. And um, it's, so we're looking at what, what are they into? What are they like? What are, I, I try to distinguish between passions and strengths because strengths are what they're good at, but passions are what they really are, are drawn to. And um, so it's really it, it's, it's crucial for us to be able to, to help them identify those, and then once they've identified them, then we can, we can give them opportunities to help strengthen them and be, make, have these passions become strengths. You know, that reminds me of when I took my oldest one to college, I guess about five years ago now, and I sat in on a, a meeting that was with the president of the college, Bard, and very interesting guy. And they had a whole bunch of other, other parents in there, and one woman stands up and she says, you know, I, I'm really worried my son doesn't have a major. And the, the uh, president of the college looks at her and says, you know, I really like it when kids come in without a major because when they come in with a major, that's usually something that everybody else has told them that they're good at. Yes. But it's not what they actually want to do. And I thought that was such an insightful comment. And it's, you're, you're kind of echoing that in a way that the, you know, the things that they, that they do well are not necessarily the things that they like. And the, the, the wonderful thing about college is also that is that there's a smorgasbord of, of, uh, of choices. So uh, you might, a child may start college and think, okay, this is the direction I want to go, but then go, oh, I didn't know that was an option. Oh, look at that. And I love the fact that, you know, your first couple of years you have the opportunity to, to, to switch majors because you don't necessarily know. I mean, I've got a 15-year-old, and she's telling me, I need to know what I'm going to do in college. I said, no, you, you really don't. She goes, but I, I need to be able to, to fill out my applications. I mean, she's, you know, she's two years away from that. I need to fill out my applications so I can, so I can make sure that I, I tell them the right things. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay to have an idea, write it out. But once you get in there, I mean, that's, that's when the real fun begins. Well, that raises a whole other issue, which is about money. Because college unless you're going to a state school, unless you're going to community college, it is really, really expensive. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I had this, a similar kind of a thought. I really wanted my daughter to go there and, and develop whatever she wanted to develop, her strengths, her, her passions. But I'll tell you, like, if you don't know what you want to do, then why don't you discover yourself at a community college where right. it's, it's a, a tenth of the price rather than spend two years and, and maybe turn it into a five-year education uh, you know, a, a very expensive time. And so that there's a certain amount of reality that has to creep into these discussions. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and, and, and it, you have to, there's a lot, of, there's a lot that goes on because, you know, you have, you have families of means, you have families uh, that struggle. Um, but, but that's one of the things we, I talk about in, in the book also is that, um, that we all have obstacles. I mean, all adults, all children, there are obstacles that we have, and as a, as parents, we have to recognize the obstacles we have and our children's have. But we also have to make sure we we don't use those as excuses for why our children can't be successful. So, for instance, I was I was raised by a single mom. She was 18 years old when she had me, and we we struggled financially. Um, government assistance. There was actually dump, dumpster diving at times, but but my but my mom worked really, really hard also. She worked uh, multiple jobs and did her very best. And I was never allowed to use the fact that she was young 
and that she was single, I had no dad in the house, that we didn't have money. I was never allowed to use those as excuses for why I couldn't be successful in school or sports or whatever it was. And that's, that's a critical, critical, critical point because once we voice as parents that our child can't for this reason or that reason, they embody that. Talking with Leon Scott Baxter, who's the author of Secrets of Safety Net Parenting, Raising Happy and Successful Children, The Common Denominator. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking to Leon, get into some of the, the steps about establishing safety net parenting and a lot more. I'm Armin Brott, and you're listening to Positive Parenting. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this, from the MrDad.com radio network. It's Practical Polly's radio show. If you're just figuring out that healthier cooking oils are better than solid fats, you may be asking, now what am I going to do with all these tubs of lard? Ever had one of those moments when your favorite skinny jeans feel too tightly tailored? <laughs> Generously apply lard to your hips and thighs and those fancy pants will slide on like a dream. Or here's a family-friendly idea. How about making your yard into a lard fun park? Frost your driveway with a nice thick coating and give those kiddos a downhill thrill no matter what time of year. Having a bad hair day? Yep. A little lump of lard can tame your flyaways in a jiffy. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste or to your waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Now that's a tip worth keeping for life. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. You must be your fairy godmother. Yes. It doesn't take a fairy godmother to tell you that the right fit means everything. Good heavens, child. You can't go in that. Children under four foot nine need to be in a booster seat because they aren't ready for adult safety belts alone. Many parents miss the important step of booster seats. Maybe you better explain things to him. Booster seats raise your child up so that a safety belt designed for adults will fit and protect them properly. Oh. That does make a difference. Remember that four foot nine is the magic number. And get your little pumpkin there safely in a booster seat. Hop it, my dear. Oh, thank you. And like Cinderella, you can live happily ever after. It's like a dream. A wonderful dream come true. For more information, visit BoosterSeat.gov. This has been a message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Leon Scott Baxter, who's the author of Secrets of Safety Net Parenting, Raising Happy and Successful Children, The Common Denominator. And we just mentioned, just talking a little bit, I guess, just right before the break about the whole idea of, of the narratives that people are telling themselves. And there's a story that you tell in the book, which I thought was a very sweet one in a way, when you were teaching. I think this is, you said it was your first year teaching. You had a, a boy who came to you and you wanted him to read something and he couldn't read and he refused even to try and it was so clear that he had it's not that he could he couldn't read anyway but I mean he had kind of convinced himself which just made the process of learning something as basic as reading that we all take for granted uh, a real problem it was interesting it was my first year teaching and um, he was on my list of students and I saw that he had special needs and to be honest with you I was it was I was I was terrified my first year in the classroom 
you know, how am I going to do? And I saw this kid with special needs, and he didn't show up the first the first day of school, and I and I felt relieved. I was thinking, okay, because I I have to deal with my class and 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 to do something special and different. You know, I, I, can I handle that? And he didn't show up for the first two months, and I got in a rhythm for my class. And then one day he walked in. This young man, he had um, he was he was very delayed, and his his mom had been had taken drugs while while she was pregnant. And um, he his his teacher from the year before had I said, well, what do you what do you do with him? And she said, well, I have a box of, of toys he plays with. And the, I was a third grade teacher at the time, and she said, so when we all worked, I gave him the box of toys. Well, he came to my class, and I said, okay, well, let me, I'm going to assess this young man. So I said, here, sit down, and let's see how, how you read. And he goes, I, I, I can't read. I said, well, I'm, I'm sure it's difficult. It might be difficult, but give it a shot. He looked at me and said, I can't read. And I, I, I just, I can't read. And he obviously had heard that so many times that he had he believed it. Now, he really did have difficulty reading, but there was no way he was going to try. And, um, and, you know, his teacher from the year before you know, she didn't put him in with the rest of the, the kids. She basically, she didn't say it with words, but through her actions, she was saying, you can't do this. You can't do what these other kids are doing. And so he, he embodied that. And so um, when he came to my class, you know, I just, I tried to figure out ways to make it so that, you know, all the kids were writing out the steps to do something. And so I gave him pictures and I said, you order these steps for me. And then, you know, we, we took him to a kindergarten, first grade teacher who gave him some extra help in reading, and I bought him a book, and he memorized the book. By the end of the year, it was one of the most wonderful things, one of the most wonderful things. I, second to last day of school, I find this really rudimentary picture on my desk, and I can tell it's his. It's got stars and a big happy face, and I look up, and he's looking at me, and I call him over. I said, did you draw this? He said, yes. I said, how come? He said, because you taught me to be a reader. And the thing is, you know, he got better. He wasn't a great reader by any means, but what happened is he had belief in himself. And that's a huge part of, you know, as a teacher and as a parent, is that we have to instill belief in our children um, so that they can carry that confidence, and confidence leads to success. Now, how do you tread the line between pushing and nudging? Because you talk about nudge, don't push. And, you know, meaning push being you steer the child where you want them to go and nudging kind of being or nudging kind of being helping them to find something yeah i try to first off to to distinguish between that the, between passions uh, like maybe hobbies and and sports versus um, responsibilities responsibilities are like schoolwork uh, chores around the house if they have a part-time job those those they need to do it's not like oh i don't you know i, I don't feel like doing my chores today and we give them the freedom you know safety net parents say hey this is you draw the line it's time to do your chores it's time to do your homework go to work you know whatever it is so um but but we're looking at 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 the passion side of that and what we what tiger moms or tiger parents do is they find what their their child they think their child will be successful at and they and they push them there even if the child doesn't feel that and they're not, not don't necessarily want to do it, but maybe they're good at it. Maybe it's a strength and it's not a passion. And the tiger mom says, "Well, it, once you're good at it, you'll you'll love it." Where, um, and so what what I'm trying to what I'm trying to instill is that that once we find a child that has a passion for let's say soccer and they love soccer and they they're doing it, and then one day they get up and they go, "I don't feel like going to soccer today." We know that that's a passion of theirs. They mean they may need a nudge 
to get up. You know what? You need to you need to be responsible for your for your team. I'm sorry you're feeling this today, but you need to you know you need to get out there and be part of the team. That's the nudge I'm talking about. If they're if they hate soccer, they but and, and you say you need to play soccer because you're good at it. That's the push. So I try to distinguish between like a nudge is like to kind of remind them what they what they really love, what their passion is, to get their their to get their juices flowing again, or the push is, is you know, kind of like dragging them to, to do something that they don't like because we think it's going to be the best for them. One of the things you talk about in the book is that you're not their friend. I've seen a lot of people who, you know, we, don't, we, we work hard and we don't get to see our kids as much as we'd like to, so we want to kind of be cool and, and have them like us that way and everything should be fine. And, and what happens is you end up blurring lines and... Part of uh, what you're saying, safety and parenting, is you got to be the the wall in a way. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot as as a, as a teacher, and a lot of parents are concerned that their their child's not going to like them. Well, I'll tell you this: if you're if you're a good parent, they're going to love you. I mean, if you if you they're gonna, even if you're a bad parent and not not such a strong parent, they're still going to love you. So that's that's a given. Your, your child's going to love you. We're, our job as parents is to prepare them for life. It's not to be their best friend. You know, I want my child to think I'm cool and want my child to hang out with me and laugh with me, but that's not my first job. You know, I brought, I, I brought this child into the world. I've got to do my job to make sure this child's ready when she, when she leaves my home. And so that means I've got to, I've got to let, make sure that my daughters both know what's expected of them what the consequences are, and the hardest part, and this is hard for me also, is the follow-through. Because we have to follow through with, our, with the consequences so the child knows the boundaries. Because once they know the boundaries and they know where their, their, their spaces that they can live in, then they can feel comfortable. But when we, like you said, we blur that line and they don't know what their boundaries are, then they're always pushing them and trying to figure out where they're going to go. And I guess the, the other part of this, in a way, is to get some little bit of perspective about not living your life through the kids. I think that, that there's so much disappointment that can come in or so much. I mean, that's part of the reason I think why people push their kids, again, using your definition of pushing instead of nudging, because they missed out on something because they want the kids to do something that they didn't have a chance to do or that they they feel somehow that their child being a success in a particular area is going to reflect on them positively. And I, I think that's part of uh, what the, the pride part of parenting is. You know, we want our children to do well, and when they do, it's natural for us to say, that's, our, that's my kid, you know, and I had a hand in that. And so, um, but, but I, I think that's also kind of the, the tiger parent part of, of parenting that I'm sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes I... I I fall, I fall victim to that. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, she has a, a YouTube channel which is wildly successful, and she's got like a hundred thousand subscribers. And she she teaches girls how to do makeup. And and I told her, hey, you know, you should we should contact one of the big uh, makeup companies and see if we can have a line of makeup for you. You know, and for me, this makes sense. It's perfect. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. And I and I'm like, well, you don't have to worry about making the makeup. You know, just we'll just you have a hundred thousand people who will follow you. You have your audience already. You know, it's a, it'll be a small line. It might work out. 
no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think so. And for me, it was so hard not to still write that letter off to CoverGirl and Maybelline and, and, and see what would happen because to me, I'm like, I know this will work and, 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 I'll, be, and I'll be so proud of her and how, sure. how can she not want this? But I had to tell myself, this is not really what she wants. This is not a job for her. This is not her schoolwork. This is not her chores. This is what she, she's passionate about and I can't push what I think would be successful onto her. Leon Baxter is the author of Secrets of Safety Net Parenting, Raising Happy and Successful Children, The Common Denominator. Leon, thanks for joining us. Great to have you again. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate uh, talking to you anytime, Armin. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this, from the MrDad.com radio network. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Course. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like, consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brought in. It's time for a Parents at Play segment. For a lot of kids and tweens and teens and, yes, let's face it, adults too, gaming is a part of life. It can be a great way to unwind by yourself or, better yet, to log some serious business parent-child bonding time. So this week, we want to take you through a couple of our new favorite gaming devices. The first one is the Wii U Mario Kart and Deluxe Set Bundle from Nintendo. Boy, there's a name for you. Do you own a Wii U yet? You know, if you don't, you're not going to find a much better way to get in than with this bundle. You get a whole ton of stuff. First of all, there's the Mario Kart 8 and the Nintendo Land games. There's also an MK8 steering wheel and, of course, the deluxe 32-gigabyte Wii U console, complete with a Mario-themed red Wii remote. The Wii U is Nintendo's sleek new console and has next-generation graphics that are incredible. Images and textures are sharp, the sound is clear, and the characters look like they're just about ready to hop right off the screen and join you on the couch. If you're just getting started, again, this bundle is a very good deal at just under $300. You're going to find it at your local retailers or Nintendo.com. Speaking of Nintendo, there's also the Super Smash Brothers. If you're not ready for the Wii U or you just prefer to play on the 3DS Super Smash Brothers, that's your way to go. This fighting game has a host of Nintendo and non-Nintendo characters who face off in multi-person, last-man-standing kinds of battles. Each character has got different weapons and different speeds and different heights and weights and different ways of attacking. That should make it pretty easy to decide who your favorite is and who your archenemy is, too. What's especially nice about Smash Brothers is that there are just a few buttons, which makes it really easy for players, even complete novices, 
to master their character fairly quickly. Super Smash Brothers is for 3DS, and it's available right now for about 40 bucks from all your major retailers or on the 3DS eStore. If you're looking for something that's just a little bit less frenetic, you might want to take a look at the Pokemon Art Academy, which is, as you can probably tell from the name, a Pokemon-themed version of Nintendo's highly successful Art Academy. This one includes 40 lessons that will have anyone and everyone painting and sketching and drawing the Pokemon characters you know and love. It starts with a stylus on the 3DS, but the Academy also introduces kids and their parents, of course, to an incredible variety of media, including paint and pastel and pen and pencil and a few others that don't start with P. It also teaches them a lot of the drawing and painting and art creation skills and techniques that they're going to be able to use in real life and that go far beyond Pokemon. Pokemon Art Academy is about 30 bucks, and you can download it digitally or you can buy a hard copy at your favorite retailer or on the Art Academy website, which is artacademy.nintendo.com slash Pokemon. You can find out more about these and plenty of other toys and games that are great for families to play together at parentsatplay.com. And another great source, particularly if you're looking for stuff for dads and kids to do together, is the MrDad.com seal of approval, which is MrDad.com slash seal. We'll be back next week with another Parents at Play segment or possibly an Ask Mr. Dad segment. Until then, I'm Armin Brunt. Thanks for listening to Positive Parenting. You can get more information on today's show and what we're working on in the weeks ahead at MrDad.com. While you're there, visit the MrDad.com gift shop with everything you need to help you become the dad or mom you want to be. Positive Parenting is a production of the MrDad.com radio network. Now, go be a great parent.